The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Five and a half, we'll say, on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News, a Friday edition. Congratulations, everyone, on making it through the week. Uh, what's my, uh, Brad? Uh, what's Brad my, Whisker. No, I know who you are. Oh, Jalen okay. and I, oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember my uh, co-host name there for a second. Jalen and I, uh, on military duty today, yes. you've uh, agreed to come in and yeah. sit in, which it's is fabulous. On a five-day work week. These things are getting old fast. Oh, I know. We had that short week after yeah. Thanksgiving and got used to it. And and typically you're gone by now, aren't you? Don't you typically normally say Typically on goodbye? Fridays, try yeah. to set up the show for everybody and make sure everything's good, and then I, uh, I hightail it out of here. Well, speaking of setting up the show, so when I knew I was going to be by myself, I said to you, can you book my favorite guest? I didn't say who, and you booked uh, Roland Van Mures from uh, AMA Travel. Roland, thanks for being on the show. Hey, not a problem. I'm See, glad I knew. made your favorite list. It's, you're at the top of it. You're not even. You're on the list, but you lead the list. Everyone is judged by Roland. Oh, well, that's good. That's always a good sign. I can tell you right now that there's very few guests that walk into our studios and I start singing, Roland, Roland, Roland. <laughs> I'm just always so happy to see you. It's great to be here. I love, well, I love Love getting together. We're going to keep bringing you back until one of our listeners is able to stump you on a travel question. Oh, it has not happened right. so far. Well, we can give it a try. All right. Yeah. So I thought I would start here if I if I could. And by the way, if you have a question for Roland, I've got him. A, I found an extra set of headsets uh, or a headphones. So you can call us at four nine six zero zero six three or text us at six thirty six thirty. We'll also, by the way, do we not have a pair of Fleetwood pair of Fleetwood Mac tickets. Mac tickets. Okay. Uh, I think this is our last day. We're not going into next week with these. So All right, perfect. If you're dying to go to the show or wanting to go to the show, For this is free. your last opportunity. Right. Otherwise, you could get your wallet out and actually buy them. Who wants but, to do that? Well, though? exactly. <laughs> Roland, I wanted to start with, uh, if you would, so we've got a listener trip planned for Jamaica. We've got, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say how many, but we've got close to 60 people going on this trip. Mm-hmm. And it's the biggest trip we've ever taken. And then I saw something about a travel advisory to Jamaica, and I thought, oh, I should probably ask Roland about that when he's in. So yeah. w- typically with Jamaica, and we were talking off air, there's often a travel advisory for Jamaica? Yeah, well, a lot of times what you'll find when it comes to travel advisory, there's two different kinds of travel advisories. Number one is just sort of a, a general travel advisory of just sort of be cautious and that sort of thing when you're traveling. The other advisory that comes out is non-essential travel. So non-essential travel means that um, unless you know, unless there's some serious reason that you need to go, you know, you, you need to stay away. Well, like so, a week off. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so these type of advisories is, is a little bit more in the sense that the people don't need to panic. There might be certain areas in Jamaica, not even necessarily where you're going, where they maybe had some unrest or something along that line. So it's just sort of just proceeding with caution, you know. That's you, what this advisory yeah. was. It was a proceed with caution yeah, advisory. don't show up somewhere at one in the morning where you're not sure where you are in some back alley and that kind of stuff, but it's just a little bit more of just sort of common sense and just, you know, keeping your eyes open for anything, but uh, for the most part, usually fine. Are these more common than 
we ever realize, like not just Jamaica, but you say that, you know, Jamaica generally does have this overhanging, hey, just when you're coming here, like you said, don't go anywhere at one in the morning, somewhere where you shouldn't be. Are there other places like that that maybe we just never really think to check because we're excited to go on the trip or we've already paid for it and we're going anyways? Yeah, well, a lot of it really you can almost turn on the news and sort of see what's going on from one country to the next. And at the moment that a news report comes out of somewhere, there's usually going to be a travel advisory on <laughs> yeah. of some sort, right? But again, it's it's sort of... I would rather ease on the side of caution as opposed to just go in there willy-nilly, not even you know thinking of anything. And you know, I'd just rather do it that way. Well, you know, people are funny though, are they not? And I, you, I'm sure as a travel agent, over the years, you've gotten calls from your customers, and they're in some sort of situation that they found them in uh, themselves in somewhere. But oftentimes, if you look, in my opinion, if you look at the situation that they found themselves in, that's one that they should have avoided in Edmonton or right. Toronto. Yeah, or you, you know, they're they're you know drunk. They're out at four in the morning. They're in a shady part of town, not suggesting that it has them, but I'm sure there must be one. Um, so are there general rules when traveling? I mean, maybe we'll start there. Mm -hmm. I mean, what should you do to prepare yourself for a trip out of your country? Yeah, well, I think the main thing that you have to remember is you do have to do a little bit of research. And I think part of it is, is I always go with the rule of thumb is when I'm not at home, I really look to see where I'm going and I might look at maybe different cultures or what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and sort of make just just go with that full understanding that you're not at home and to make sure that you you are being respectful for to the people whether it's regarding a religion whether it's laws or customs or whatever it happens to be and um, also choose that if you're going to be going to, to a destination we have some people that that as well will be you know nervous about traveling and I always say before you make the decision to travel you want to make sure that you are comfortable going to the destination that you're going to otherwise your entire vacation on the plane the entire time that you're there you're, you're nervous right and you know it's it's no different than it is back at home, right? You know, like you said, not that there's bad places in Edmonton, but <laughs> there are probably certain places, 96th Street, you know, downtown, you know, that kind of stuff, where I'm not going to be there at one o'clock in the morning just hanging out by myself, right? So there, there's a lot of common sense, but especially when you're going to areas, maybe into Asia and stuff, where we've seen in the, in the, in the news in the past of some people that are getting into trouble, it is more just knowing what the culture is and knowing what's acceptable and knowing what's not acceptable. I know I spent some time in uh, the United Arab Emirates mm -hmm. and was given, uh, with the military, so because I was entertaining troops, so I was given a list of things that are just no-goes there mm -hmm. and customs that you need to respect while you're there. And it's funny because I know some of the people on the trip were looking at the list and they were sort of laughing about, oh, isn't that funny? Like, you better not swear in public. And mm -hmm. they, but yeah. they weren't taking it seriously or as seriously as they should because you don't have the same rights in the United Arab Emirates as you do in Canada. Yeah. And they're not kidding about these things. Like, research, like you said, the key to this. Well, and I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, when we're young, we're invincible. Mm, it's true. never going to happen to me. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm untouchable. I, I'll, I'll be okay, and I can still do whatever I want until it actually does happen, right? And when it does happen, that's when people panic. For sure. What about, uh, there's sometimes advice that's given... And, 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 you know, people just sort of go, yeah, that's good advice, but they don't really do it. Um, and I want to know if these are still good tips. There was a time when you traveled internationally that one of the first things you should do before you leave is to determine where the closest Canadian consulate was. 
um, at some, uh, I know years ago, advised you should contact the Canadian consulate and tell them that you're in town. It, does that happen at all? Yeah, I don't think it's as necessary to contact the Canadian consulate uh, to let them know. Um, but to know where the Canadian consulates are definitely is a good idea. Because if, let's say, your passport happens to go astray, you're going to be finding that consulate to get a temporary passport in order to get in order to be able to get back home. Um, I would say a step further is like for myself, I take a um, a picture on my cell phone of the inside pa- or inside page of my passport. I also have a copy of my Nexus card um, as well as other ID. Even for travel insurance, I usually have like the travel insurance number and the phone number because if you lose your wallet, we know we keep everything in our wallets, and when that's gone, it's all gone, right? So uh, taking those extra precautions is is always a good thing. But definitely the consulates is good to know where 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 one is understanding that there may not be necessarily one in the country you're going to. <coughs> or in the city that you're going Absolutely, to. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah. Try finding the Cuban consulate in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Ottawa, by the way. Or Toronto, actually, <laughs> I think. It? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you nearly had to go to the Canadian consulate in Cuba when you were on that cruise. Remember your son had uh, lost his pass to get back on the boat? You know, that was such a tense moment. <laughs> and as seasoned travelers as our family is, and that's why I bring it up, is it can happen to anybody. Um, the situation in Cuba was we had gone on the tour that we were obligated to go on. But during the course of the tour, we had determined um, that as Canadians, they didn't really care if we stayed with the tour at this point. Mm-hmm. So we just left the tour and we're on our own. Hunter lost his sail and sign card from Carnival. So he didn't lose his passport or anything else because I had them. But he had his card and it went missing. And we didn't know where in Cuba it had gone missing. At what point we'd lost it. In order to get to the ship, you have to go through Cuban Customs Immigration again. They're not letting us on board without showing proof that we should be going onto that ship. Mm-hmm. So we can't get to the ship to tell them that he's yeah. lost his card. Yeah. So as parents, you think, well, I'll just leave him behind. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one less to deal right. with for the next four days. <laughs> you know, but you know, you're an hour from sailing. You're like, well, I'll leave him behind. Go to the ship see if I can get him another sail and sign card, which, by the way, turns out you cannot. He has to be there to get his picture put on the sail and sign card. So there's a lot of problems. So it was just a whole lot of fast talking with Cuban officials to say, just let us get as far as the ship, mm-hmm. and we'll take it from there. And they were kind enough to let us do that. Yeah. But as we approached the ship, there's one officer there. And like I said at the time, I'm pretty sure he was in charge of, like, the Lido deck or so. Like, he wasn't a senior officer. <laughs> he was out having a smoke, leaning on the railing. And I just said to him, man, I don't know where to start, but my son has lost his sale and sign card somewhere in Cuba. And he said, is his name Hunter? <laughs> and he, went, yeah. he goes, here you go, and handed it back to him. It had been lost in Havana. Oh, yeah. But another passenger had recognized it when they saw it on the ground as being, oh, that's our ship, and grabbed it. Kudos to that passenger. Oh, no kidding. I <laughs> wish they could tell me who it was. Yeah. I was going to say his drinks would be on me for an hour. I can't <laughs> afford much more than that. Uh, we're, let's take our first break and get that one out of the way. And then when we come back, you know, still talking on in terms of safety, I know that I've been looking at a lot of reviews for a lot of different resorts, and I don't know how much um, emphasis to put on these reviews, these TripAdvisor reviews, but a common denominator among uh, the reviews is the security of the hotel room, both uh, your possessions, many people accusing maids of, ta- of stealing stuff and all that kind of stuff. So I want to talk to you about that and see if that's a real thing. You bet. Uh, 
219 220 we'll say on the 630 chat afternoon news we've been uh, sitting down and talking to roland van Mures. Uh, i don't think that i gave you a title but you're a travel expert we'll say with ama that works for me close enough yeah all right so i wanted to talk about security in the hotel rooms many people claim and doesn't really matter what resort you go to that uh, well you know the maid took my son's ipad or you know uh, and the hotel will always say that, well, if it was left in the safe, they don't have the combination and that kind of thing. So is that a problem when traveling? And if so, what are the precautions yeah, to take? I've, I've heard of that in the past, that people have had things missing out of their hotel rooms. But I just, <laughs> my only answer to that is just don't leave any valuables kind of sitting around, right? Any, anything of value. And even when it comes to um, technology of the iPads and of the phones and all that kind of stuff, throw those in the safe. And I think a lot of it depends really where you are as well. So there's, there, you know, some countries have easy access to that type of technology and other places don't have that type of technology. So the less access of that technology you have, the more, you know, likelihood that, that and, and the thing is, this is not to push anybody who, who works in a, in a maid in a restaurant or in a, in a hotel of any sort, but, um, you know, if, they, if you have a disgruntled employee who's maybe looking at something and they see something catches their eyes that they can't get very easily, they might just take it. For me, mm-hmm. I throw everything in the safe. And, and the yeah, same, me too. Yeah, <laughs> and in the, same yeah. Breath, in the same breath, anything of value, I usually leave at home, right? I, I don't take expensive things with me. Um, they, you know, I'll take my phone. Other than that, I don't take my iPad. I don't take all this other kind of stuff. It's just a little bit of a source of communication if I need it. But other than that... That everything else stays home. Do you ever advise your clients on roaming charges? I know that that's not your problem. <laughs> um, but though, uh, you know, on this last cruise, for example, yeah. so we're hooked up to uh, ship internet. Everybody's on phone mode. Which is expensive. Which is really expensive <laughs> and, and honestly quite sketchy. Yeah. So at one point I needed to send a message and did. Forgot to take it back off uh, whatever mode, flight mode, or whatever mm-hmm. they call that, airplane mode, and then received a bill from my carrier uh, for three hundred and some dollars in roaming charges, saying that they have no deal with Cuba. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, do you ever talk about that to your clients? Yeah, th- we, we get the question a lot, and and I always say each provider is completely different, and uh, they may have different laws for different, or not laws, but different plans for different countries. Um, there always there always are those exceptions like Cuba, where maybe again technology might be a little bit more of an issue than in oh, some yeah. other places. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, um, you know people will go anything from just buying a disposable phone when they're there, or just maybe changing out their SIM card or whatever happens to be on the plans. But um, I, I'm probably the worst to ask for that when it comes to my technology because half the time I don't even have my data on my phone when I'm here. <laughs> um, but also too, when I'm on vacation, I always say, you know, if if you don't hear from me, I'm having a good time. <laughs> um, if you need to get a hold of me, send me a message on Facebook, and if I happen to log in, well, then I'll get it, right? Um, but the idea is definitely, you know, contact contact your uh, provider for sure, just to find out about roaming and everything else. I have a bit of an odd question for you, mm-hmm. but it seems relevant based that we're talking about technology. Do you see people even traveling with cameras anymore? Or are they just bringing their phones to take pictures? Um, I see them traveling with cameras. Those people are the ones who really want to get the good shots. I always say, when everybody says, oh yeah, I got my camera here and they're pulling out their phone, I I always remind people that what you have in your hand is a phone that has internet capability (laughs) as well as it does have a camera in place. Right. 
if if you're if you're taking selfies, you're taking a nice little shot of the beach, or you know having a drink out at the bar or something along that line, those are great for phones. But I actually have an, a a Nikon nice camera, it's still Ooh. digital and everything along that line. And when I compare the photos that I get with that camera as opposed to what I get on my phone for detail stuff for something that's maybe a little bit more. Uh, you know, broader spectrum or anything along that line, you can't beat the clarity on the, on the nicer cameras. Plus, so. I'm guessing they may uh, let you expense the cost of that camera. Uh, yeah, sure. We'll just <laughs> go with that. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Over to our texting line. Some of our listeners have some specific questions for you. What does Roland think about Belize uh, for an activity travel destination? Uh, for or activity, definitely for water. Belize is known for one of its best snorkeling and scuba diving. Uh, certainly a spot where if the person... If a person just going there to lay down on the beach and do do not a lot, probably I wouldn't recommend it because a lot of it's coral and coral reef. But mm. absolutely for the outdoors person, for scuba diving and snorkeling, amazing. Well, let me ask you about that as well then uh, with regard to Mexico. Uh, this is always confusing to me, and I know Mexico is still a really popular destination for Albertans particularly. Which side of Mexico do you want to be on if you want to have nice beaches and not rough waters? Yeah, definitely you're going to be want to be on the on the eastern side, on the Caribbean side, right? Your your rougher waters you're going to find and, and beach quality is going to be different on the west coast because if you think about just even out in Vancouver, right? You head down to the beaches out in the in the in the on the coast of Vancouver, it's always that hard packed dark, you know, dark yep. beach, right? Whereas on the eastern side with the Caribbean you got the the, the 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 blue turquoisey you know color of the beach the 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 sands just that much more flowery not to say that the beaches aren't nice on the west coast they just look different right but people see in the magazines they see on the internet all this blue water but if you head out to Puerto Vallarta or wherever it happens to be on the west coast it looks nice but not like it is in the picture whereas on the Cancun or down yeah. in the south of the mine it is we, we've stayed on both and uh, we rented sea dues my son and I on uh, the rough side. Man, it was like we were... <laughs> it, <laughs> it was rough. It was really rough. <laughs> and they don't care. They're kind of like, yeah, no, that's a pretty calm day for us. Yeah. Uh, question for your guest. I need to purchase four adult airfare tickets from Edmonton to Kelowna for December 22nd, 29th uh, return. Am I better to wait a bit for a possible uh, better price or seat sale? Should I lock them in now, or is this just hit and miss? Lock them in now. Uh, whenever you're traveling in high season, so anywhere the moment the kids are out of school mm. to that they're going back, um, that stuff never goes on sale. Uh, the benefit of booking early is you do get to go at a bit of a reduced rate. But for the most part, I've never seen a 99-seat sale over Christmas, New Year's, that kind of stuff. It, it, it always goes fulls, and the airline knows it. Yeah, when I used to, when I lived in Grand Prairie and had to fly back to Ottawa for Christmas, Oof. if I, the first year I booked close to Christmas because I was unsure if I was going mm-hmm. to go and get time off work, and it cost me over $1,000. Yeah. The next year, I booked it in April, and I paid about seven hundred. Yeah, the the question we get all the time is that Christmas should I wait and book, and what's the benefit of booking early? And I say you get to go. Yeah, right? you know, great it's busy. Point. It's always busy. Uh, one more uh, before we take our break. When buying rental insurance, we pre-bought insurance uh, when we booked a car. When we got to the country and picked up the car, they told us we would have to pay ahead 
and then get reimbursed from the insurer. That's a little complicated, Beth, but basically any insurance, what should you be buying? So there's there's two things, especially when it comes to rental cars. When you purchase the rate, especially more um, on international for vehicles, you can buy it with or without insurance. Now, what we're finding, and we've seen a few cases now in Ireland, where you can have other insurance means, whether it's through a credit card or whether it's through some other provider, but what will happen is when you get to the counter, they'll want to see a copy of what all your policy is all about, what your coverage is, and a lot of people travel, when, when they're traveling with other car rental insurance, they just know they have it, but they don't know what all the yeah. the, the benefits are. And if you don't bring, in, in some of those cases, if you don't bring the documentation to show, um, they may make you purchase the insurance again. Is it better to rent uh, from a brand name company in Canada for your destination, or better to wait to get down there and rent? Um, what I usually do is, um, when I make a reservation, I call it what's called a retail reservation, which is sort of you make the reservation, you pay for it locally. That's the easiest way to do it, um, unless some of the prepaids happen to be cheaper. But by having your reservation and doing it as a retail and paying for it locally means if I show up at the airport and I see a sign all of a sudden at another car rental company that says, today only car rentals all 199 for the week. I don't have to show up to my other reservation. I would go over there at a courtesy and say, you know, I won't need this and go to the other person, but have a car. It's kind of like airline seats. The less cars that there are, the price just keeps going up and up. Right? I want to talk to you about airlines great. when we come back oh, to yeah, we will. discount airlines. You bet. Uh, and also, uh, this is a tip for me, uh, and you may not agree, Roland, but uh, whenever I rent a car, and I rent a lot of them, I rent whatever the smallest car is, and they've never given me that car. Yep. You get to the airport, they're like, uh, we're out of that. Would you take a Jeep? And yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.